Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. We are in the middle of our summer of prayer, uh, so we've got this progression. We've got, we have Prayer 101, uh, uh, Debbie Ward taught us that, John Bailey's Diary of Private Prayer with Pastor Keenert, then you wrote Claire, Psalms 101, and we're going to spend this week in Psalm 23, and next week in Psalm 23 times 2. Psalm 46. Uh, you'll be with Pastor Freilich for that. Uh, and then Pastor Keener will be back with you for the imprecatory psalms. And then we will wrap up the whole so- or the whole prayer series with the Lord's Prayer, which will also coincide with the um, preaching themes for the month of August. So that will be, uh, Pastor Sano will be with you for that. So that's where we are in case you're wondering where we are in this summer of prayer. Hopefully you're still using your... Uh, John Bailey's A Diary of Private Prayer. That's the only book you're getting this summer, so um, <laughs> somebody asked me the other day if we were going to get something else. But no, you're, we want you to keep praying that over and over. Uh, it's good to be in, in a rhythm of prayer for that. And speaking of prayer, why don't we open with prayer? Gracious God, in love you open wide the doors and welcome us into your presence, saints and sinners alike. You spread a table before us, filled with the richest fare, a feast of love and mercy for the body and soul. We come with joy to meet you here, to eat and drink at your table, to taste and see your goodness, to celebrate your grace and mercy in our lives. May your spirit inspire our praise and thanksgiving, our prayers and petitions, as we gather together in your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, our host and Lord. Amen. That was based on Psalm 23. And our closing prayer will be based on Psalm 23 as well. You you may already know this, but um, Psalm 23 is probably the most uh, written about psalm that David ever wrote, or any of the other writers of the psalms ever wrote. And so I find myself reciting it at different times. I find myself, you know, we recite it at uh, funerals oftentimes. Sometimes I've done a study of that text just for my own uh, edification, and sometimes I find with with familiar Bible passages or familiar psalms that sometimes we can get not necessarily desensitized to it, but like we fill in the words that are coming without necessarily taking time to dwell on them and to chew on them. This often happens, I think, with the Lord's Prayer as well, where we just say it, right? We just say it, and so. When I was youth and family minister, what we would do is we would um, go on a different rhythm, you know, maybe in CDT or a different group that I was teaching where one week we would say it in, uh, you know, forgive us our sins instead of forgive us uh, our trespasses, right? So sometimes when you just change one word or another word, you can kind of let it dwell a little bit more and, and let it kind of sink in. So that being said, I've printed these out for us. Uh, the, you can see that the NRSV, the New Rise Standard Version, and the ESV are very, very similar. Um, so we aren't necessarily going to read those because you can see how those are the ones that we're a little bit more accustomed to. We won't be using the other two on the back, the voice and the message for the study today, but we're going to start with those just so that we can hear it in a different way. Could I have someone who would be willing to read the voice uh, Psalm 23 out loud. Jim? And can I have someone who would be willing to read the message out loud? Mary? Psalm 
And while they read, if you want to, um, I'm going to ask you kind of what stands out. So Jim will read the voice first, and then we'll debrief it a little bit, then Mary will read it um, from the message. But circle or underline or put your finger on a word that kind of jumps out to you. Jim. The eternal is my shepherd. He cares for me always. He provides me rest in rich green fields beside streams of refreshing water. He soothes my fears. He makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo his name. Even in the unending shadow of death's darkness, I am not overcome by fear. Because you are with me in those dark moments, near with your protection and guidance, I am comforted. You spread out a table before me, provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. You care for all my needs, anointing my head with soothing fragrant oil, filling my cup again and again with your grace. Certainly, your faithful protection and loving provision will pursue me where I go always, everywhere. I will always be with the eternal in your house forever. Okay, what jumps out at you? Um, I'm just interested to see this because I read a devotion that said something that I didn't know. Maybe some of you know this already. But um, the first part of the 23rd Psalm is the positive things. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He restores your soul with quiet waters. Um, that, And then the second part is the hard part. A walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, they comfort me, Robbins. But what this devotion said was that in the good times, all the pronouns for God are he. Hmm. And then when it moves to the hard times, it's you. And that seems closer. That seems more intimate, um, that he's especially with us during those, top, those hard times. And, I, and it was interesting to me that that's the case in this translation as well. Yeah, yeah. He and you. Yeah. Thank you for that observation. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the structure as well. That's a great yeah. observation. Jean? I, what hit me is the, the notion of steering me off of one hard paths. Mm. You, know, you kind of alluded to get into a rut, yeah. especially with familiar things. And this mm. is a, no, think about it. Yeah. Moving on. <coughs> yeah. Great. Claire? And there's, an, there's an element of time that's stressed mm. that, that isn't in the other versions. You know, eternal, always, mm. unending, uh, it was again, um, I don't know, and then down again at the very bottom, always and eternal. Yeah. Which doesn't come through in yeah. other voices. Yeah. Other voices, yes. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, calling uh, the Lord the eternal mm. that jumped out at me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, while they have the eternal seems to be maybe some modern, they all use the term shepherd, mm. which is not really a modern vocation. Yeah. But we identify with that. Anything else? I like the part for myself, uh, filling my cup again and again. Mm -hmm. uh, that yeah. stood out to me because that's a comforting yeah. to know that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. Okay. 
Yes. Uh, verse 4, even in the unending shadow of death's darkness, mm -hmm. I am not overcome by fear because you are with me in those dark moments. Near with your protection and guidance, I am comfortable. Mm -hmm. I often think of people that are in hospice, mm -hmm. and I wonder what their thoughts are. Yeah. And that covers it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where it's, there's no end, right? Yeah, it just keeps going, and how do you hold up underneath that? All right. Um, Mary, please read the message for us. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. And you're by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You served me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You received my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. What's, what jumps out at you? Six-course meal? Yeah. Yeah. With no calories? What else? I like it when it's this. Now it doesn't do my he and you. Right. This this is this a one. paraphrase. Yes. So. But um, I like it. It says I'm back home mm -hmm. in the house. You know that, mm -hmm. that we've just come back from a vacation, and it's always so good to be back. Home. Right. It is. Yeah. You know, good, as yeah. good as the vacation yeah. can be, back home is a good place to be. Yeah. We were just talking about that uh, this morning. Caitlin Butcher just returned from a deaconess, and she goes, "It was good." But I'm glad to be back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What else? Anything else jump out at you? We have the shepherd back in there, right? Mm -hmm. the there. I think the yes. trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. Mm -hmm. um, you don't always think of that. Yeah. Um, because that crook was used to whack him. Pull him. Yeah. But feel, yeah, the way to feel secure. <coughs> I just had a thought that in the first part, God is, is saying what he is responsible for. Mm -hmm. Now, the second part, you is used. As, <coughs> but a shepherd, not only because he loves you and takes care of you, he's also responsible for you. Mm -hmm. And as in, in Genesis, I think Jacob was the one that had to uh, account for his sheep mm -hmm. that he lost. And he said, I did this and I... I had you had to pay for those that you lost if yeah. you were a shepherd. It was more than just you were a good person and took care of these. Yeah. The owner of the sheep made you pay for any losses. So I think you know that responsibility we should keep in mind too. Yeah, this isn't out of the good it is out of the goodness of Jesus' heart, but it's not out of the goodness of any shepherd's heart, right, to there's there's an investment there that they need to protect as well. But a lot a lot of shepherds were just paid they weren't owners of the sheep. Right. Yeah. They just had the sheep for a little while, and then they had to go back. You know, yeah. They didn't go back. Yeah, they were charged. Yeah. charged. Yeah. Good point. That's yeah. I like it both of these where, where it says he cares for me always, and I don't need a thing. More than once, I had to explain to kids, mm -hmm. the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why wouldn't I want him? Yeah. That you don't want the good shepherd. I don't yeah. want the good shepherd. Yeah. You know, yeah. I shall yeah. not want that good yeah. shepherd. Yeah. Um, 
that makes it so clear. It does, you're right, yeah. That I will not be in want. Yeah. is a better. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Yeah. I don't want that good shepherd. Yeah. Yes, Usually we think of goodness and, well, we usually hear goodness and mercy following us. In this case, pursuing us. Yeah. Like a sheepdog or like the hound of heaven. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, we're going to, we'll talk about that too because the translation that we're actually going to use talks about that and I, I just love that imagery of pursuing, right? Anything else? Jean? We were in uh, Death Valley not too long ago. Okay. If you've ever been there, yeah. it is hot, it is dry, yeah. the sides go up yeah. at, at, at uh, steep angles. It's a bad place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. My 1988 celebrity Chevy uh, was overheating in Death Valley one time. Yes, I know. And it, thankfully, my mom was with me, and she knew more than I did, and she turned on the heat in the car, which is counterintuitive, but we just made it in to where we were going. It was very scary. I don't want to be I don't want to be out here. There's even nobody around, you know. So, tumbleweeds. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read to you the translation that we're going to use. You can get out your Bible or bring it up on your phone or whatever um, you would like. Uh, it's not actually printed there. It's the one that we're going to use today. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack. He provides rest for me in green pastures. He leads me to peaceful waters. He restores my life. He leads me along the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even if I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they give me courage. You set a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup is abundant. Indeed, goodness and hesed pursue me all the days of my life. And I will return to the house of the Lord for the length of my days. I admit to you, I don't know the actual translation of which translation this is, because it was in a book I was reading. <laughs> so I, tr I tried to find the translation, but it was not coming up on Bible Gateway. Um, and so I actually think it is from the Tanakh, which is the uh, Jewish Bible. And so it is from, the, from Hebrew right into English without some of our English words. So um, Hesed is mercy. Um, and so it's interesting to me that this translation actually still uses, they didn't translate it into mercy. Because it's not just mercy, it's God's mercy, which is um, it, it's something that we have a hard time comprehending. And so I, I like that they actually just kept the, uh, the word there. So we're going to break this down. We're going to start with the Lord is my shepherd. Um, and actually I will project it for you so that you can see it. I do not lack. He provides rest for me in green pastures. He leads me to peaceful waters. So this psalm begins with almost a creedal-like statement, right? The Lord is my shepherd. It's a, it's a creed. It's something that is stating um, a fact to this, to this psalmist. Within Israel and throughout the ancient Near East, shepherd was used as a royal metaphor. Kings were portrayed as shepherds. So to portray God as a shepherd is to portray God as a royal figure. 
In the Psalms and throughout the Old Testament, it's usually a communal metaphor of shepherd to people, such as in Psalm 80, verse 1, O shepherd of Israel, hear us. But notice what happens in Psalm 23. It shifts from communal to very personal, right? Intensely personal. The God of all creation, the God of heaven and of earth, the God who led his people out of Egypt, this God, this shepherd, is the psalmist shepherd, my shepherd. One commentator wrote, Psalm 23 is the song of trust of someone who knows in the midst of the vicissitudes of her or his personal life and over the course of years that he or she has been carried in the bosom of God, sheltered from harm, and given rest. That just really resonated for me, that this is something that this person knows, right? We assume it's David, but this is somebody, somebody who knows this and that God has sheltered him from harm. So we go to I do not lack, which you know cuts out the difficulty of not wanting the good shepherd. Um, there isn't a direct object here, is there? I do not lack what? what? Anything. Anything, right? I do not lack. So it's not like I don't lack coffee. The lack of that specific, which could be a problem for some of us, the lack of that specific object illustrates the immense amount of trust that this writer has in God, right? It's not, I do not lack one certain thing. It's, I do not lack anything. I just don't lack because of this shepherd. He provides rest for me in green pastures. So one of the reasons I went with this translation is um, in our common translation that a lot of us know is make me lie down seems a little too forceful for what's going on here, right? We get to the crook later, but to make me lie down, um, it's, it almost makes God kind of separate from, from what's going on here and kind of reduces what is happening in this psalm. So to provide, the, the term really in Hebrew is to provide rest for me, which gives us a picture of what the shepherd is doing. The shepherd is not just saying, lay down over here, right? The shepherd is act, actively seeking a place for his sheep to lay down, a place that is good for the sheep to graze, a place where they can thrive in green pastures, right? That's what sheep need. They're not, they're not goats. They can't eat tin cans and whatever else goats can eat, right? Um, I don't know if that's actually true or if that's a, if that's a myth, but goats can eat a lot of things. Sheep, though, right, they, they need good, lush grass, place where they can thrive. He leads me to peaceful waters. The word peaceful here is related, more importantly, to the a theological concept of rest. So it's, what, it's a rest that more than what we as English speakers can quite grasp. It's more than bodily rest, but it's rest from enemies. It's rest in an environment where life is not just protected, but is also able to thrive. And even lifting any threat of divine punishment. For those of you who were in the Noah Bible study with me, you may remember that Noah's name is derived from the word rest, right? We talked about that, that the ark Noah, right, rested on top of the mountain. So what happened after Noah, after the ark rested, then they disembarked and everything started again, right? Life started again. So this concept of rest 
is far more than just taking a nap kind of rest. All right, anything on that, those couple verses? Anything that, yes, Debbie? Um, it just occurred to me, I think sometimes the Lord does make us lie down <laughs> in green pastures. I know um, there are times in my life when I've been sick or a broken bone or um, <laughs> as something that confined me. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what I needed at that time. And so I know that he's, of course, the great provider, but I do think sometimes he, you know. But what is that purpose for, right? It's not yes. as a punishment. No, it's no, no. to restore you, right? Mm-hmm. It's to restore you. It's to bring you back to hopefully full health, right? Sure. Full, yeah. That so sometimes sense. it can be imposed, right? But it's That's always for good. Yeah. Imposed. Yeah. It's restorative. Yeah. It's always for good when it's with God, right? And let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Okay. Yeah, there's the the message. And then send me for Yes, I like that. Yeah. And it also is interesting to me that, um, except for this one, I think the translations always use quiet, Mm -hmm. which is something that more and more is hard to find. Yeah. And I'm thankful that God wants us to have moments of quiet. Yeah. And it's interesting because, and um, that you touched on that because everything that I read too, I was looking for some pictures, some like classic art, you know, for this. It's very hard to find anything other than like, I don't know, I don't know, some art that doesn't really think get the complete picture of what the Psalm 23 is trying to say. But um, interestingly, there's always moving water. Uh, but here, the peaceful water or the or the quiet waters is more. Not just, not just for soothing, but also to be able to drink. You can't, sheep can't drink from a rushing river, right? Um, that would be dangerous. But a peaceful or quiet river or quiet water, um, they could drink from, right? So thinking about the restorative properties that God is at work here. Uh, so it just, it, it's just kind of interesting. John? In some Bible class, I learned that sheep do not like loud rushing water. Mm-hmm. There are other animals that will wade right up to that and just yep. suck water out of it, but sheep are like, even if they're going to die from lack of yeah. water, they're not going to go near that. It's their kind of sheep characteristic of, <laughs> I don't like that, that's loud, it makes me nervous, I'm not even going to yeah. get over there. So that the way the, the translations that talk about still waters, they're using the analogy of we're more sheep-like than we want to be, mm-hmm. that he understands us and this frightens you and makes you yeah. nervous and I'm going to take you where you won't be frightened anymore mm-hmm. and your limitations will not keep you from doing what you need to do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, and what you said, take, take us, right? And I think that's what we're getting at here too in the beginning where this is not happenstance that the shepherd is just boop, 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 walking on his way, right? That there is a purpose for what he's looking for for us. Carol? Um, I've also read that if a sheep gets turned on its back, it can never get up. Yeah. It needs help to get up. Mm-hmm. So the shepherd, so maybe the water, um, the, um, if it's not quiet, yeah. they have an instinct yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to not partake in the water, <laughs> yes, destroying themselves, yes. 
I Two words that come to my mind are respite mm. and uh, recharge. Yeah. And it takes us out of the, the jungle we're in that yeah. And, uh, yeah. relieves us. Relieves us, yeah. Those are good words. Excellent. All right. So let's keep going. He restores my life. He leads me along the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. So restoration here is by the power of God through rest, peaceful waters. And there's also a kind of a hint of a double meaning here, not only being restored, but also a sense of returning to God and repentance for the purpose of being restored, right? So when we repent, when we go back to God, he can restore us, um, which is not something we can do by ourselves. So being led by the shepherd can give the imagery not only being protected by the shepherd, but the journey itself is safe, right? The shepherd is leading in safe places, the paths of righteousness. This is because of the wider understanding that the path of God is the path that we are called to obey. And when we're walking in God's path, then we are on that journey of God's. For example, Psalm 25.10, all the paths of the Lord are his dead, loving kindness slash mercy and truth. So this isn't just any path that we're walking on. It's the path of the Lord's. God's very nature is to be faithful, and God has promised to guide and protect those who bear his name. So for the sake of his name is claiming God's promise, right? For the sake of his name is claiming that promise that God has already made himself to be faithful and to rely on that character of God who is loving and kind and restorative. Linda? It seems to me that he's moved here from his imagery with the sheep to Mm -hmm. his imagery. He's now talking about people. When you talk about righteousness, Mm -hmm. that just doesn't seem... The sake of his name, that just... That suddenly he's moved into us. Yeah. Instead of just the imagery of yeah of sheep Mm -hmm. absolutely anything else okay even if i walk through the darkest valley i fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they give me courage this to me was very interesting this word of courage um but let's start back the, you know, even if I walk through the darkest valley, fear me, kill you, for you are with me. I am with you. This is a great promise of the Lord. We see this when God offered it to Jacob. It's a word of assurance to young Jeremiah, which Jeremiah then shared with the people of Judah. It's the promise of the Lord that the Lord spoke to the exiles in Isaiah. And it's at the heart of the message by Haggai to those who were returning from exile. And it's the promise of the early church, Right. What did Jesus say? I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Right? So this this promise has been seen in Scripture, and David's recalling this promise for us now. Notice what happens here. It goes from a statement of walking through the darkest valley to almost a prayer of sorts. Right? You are with me. So going back to that that, um, you, right, That, that relationship, not... He is with me, or the shepherd is with me, or the Lord even is with me, but you are with me, God. Um, In the darkest and hardest times, we go from that opening creedal statement of kind of an 
uh, it's, it's not very subjective, right? It's very objective when you say a statement that God is our shepherd. Uh, but it moves from that to the living God with whom we can converse and rely upon. Jim. Uh, this one took me back when you read the one from yours. Uh, the, the ones we are, are familiar with, they say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the impression that I'm fed, I'm comfortable, I can just lay back and doze <laughs> and do nothing. Yeah. And when it says they give me courage, yeah. that that implies that even though I'm going to go in a place where there's work to do mm-hmm. or something hard or maybe scary, mm-hmm. I can still go do it. Right. In other words, I'm not just laying back. And <laughs> You're not the sheep on the yeah. back. <laughs> Legs up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Courage yeah. to do something rather than comfort to just yeah. lay there and sleep. Yeah. I, yeah, that's great. Yeah, because we're walking through the valley, right? We're not being dragged through the valley, right? We're not necessarily even being carried through the valley. We're walking through the valley. Tony? Yeah, I just had a, a comment that goes along with what Jim was saying, that in the Lutheran study Bible, they take that rod and staff and remind you that it is a two function. One mm-hmm. is to protect you, mm-hmm. the other is to guide you. Yeah. And the staff and the rod are used to guide the sheep yep. as well as protect them. Yeah. And so that guidance that they give them also gives them courage. Right. They know that there's somebody that's going to tell them, help them out of this. Yeah. You're not alone, right? Yeah. You're not doing it on your own. Linda? Also from the Lutheran study Bible talking about the staff, it says they use it to knock down branches so they can feed the sheep. Mm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be helpful. Claire? I just love it that David had been a shepherd. Yes. He was the right. shepherd who wasn't called in to see which boy might be anointed king. Yeah. So, exactly so he awesome. really knows yeah. what that relationship is like. And then yeah. he, he has this insight that that's what God is like. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think you know, the sheep are general creatures, and so they need guidance. They need mm-hmm. to be pulled in the right direction, saved sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've ever dealt with goats, they require a whack. Yeah. So I'm more like a goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one. Truth confessions. Yes, exactly. Truth confessions of Gene Parker. Um, all right, so notice where God is. God is in the calm and peaceful places, but where is he also? He's in the dark valley, right? So he's protecting his sheep with his rod and his staff. Um, So the reason that I actually went with the courage is one commentator said that comfort isn't strong enough here as it doesn't, um, let me get this quote right, uh, isn't as strong enough where you it doesn't convey the power of the emotion that the psalmist is able to feel because of God's presence. So going back to what Tony said, right? Um, So comfort is nice, but it's also, I have courage because my shepherd is there going before me and keeping me safe, right? Um, So in the darkest valley, in the dark night, the Lord's presence is certainly can give us comfort, but what happens when we think of it as courage? Courage not only to continue on, but the courage to know that the shepherd is actively participating and pursuing this life with his sheep for the psalmist and for me and for you, right? There's there's um, work that's being done that we are in relationship with our shepherd here. Okay. You set a table 
for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, or in the original translation from Hebrew to Greek, it says your cup, which I thought was very interesting. Your cup is abundant instead of my cup is abundant. Not not terribly, right? Because my cup is only abundant because of you. Right, of you, right? Because God is the giver of that. But I thought that was interesting to kind of change it a little bit, uh, to put that in your put that in your mind, right? So God changes here from the shepherd to now he's a banquet host, right? So now he's gone from shepherd to banquet host. Um, this is God's table here, and look what he is doing in the presence of the psalmist foes, right? I really don't know what David was thinking, but like I try to imagine like a banquet table, okay? So I know this is all imagery. And then where are the foes? Where are those enemies? Like watching, but like guarded against the table? I mean, think about what that would be like, right? So David has these enemies, has these foes, and he's using this imagery to show what God is doing in the presence of his enemies. God is saying, this, this is my child, and I'm going to provide for him, and you, you're not going to touch him, right? And I'm going to lavish this all upon him. So it's fascinating to me that this is where David goes with this. Indeed, goodness and his said, mercy, loving kindness, pursue me all the days of my life. I love this imagery. In much of the Psalms, enemies are always pursuing the psalmist to harm him. Um, so, who has a Bible handy? Can somebody look up Psalm 7 5? Uh, can somebody look up Psalm 31 15? 35 3? There's more. There's lots of people can read. Uh, 71 11 and 109 16. Who has 7 5? Mike? Let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. And let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. All right, so who's pursuing? The enemy's pursuing, right? Who has 3115? Linda? My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who, who pursue me. Great. 35 3. Couple pages over. I only. <laughs> Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Okay, seventy-one eleven. They say God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Okay, one hundred nine sixteen. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy, and the brokenhearted, to put them to death. All right. So we have this imagery here, right? of being pursued, uh, but instead here, what's pursuing the psalmist? Goodness Mercy. Pursuing. What does that look like? Think about it. Just think about it for a second. What would that look like? Pursuing the psalmist. Pursuing us. God wants us to have his goodness and his mercy, right? God wants to lavish that upon us. But pursuing, we have these attributes of the divine, of God, goodness and his sad mercy being portrayed as like a relentless pursuit or as Sally put it, the hound of heaven. I love mm-hmm. that, right? Coming down just to pursue the psalmist here. 
they're pictured as incarnate forces, right? Um, which are not going to rest until they track down the person that they're they're after, providing a safe harbor for for that person. What do you think? What do you think about this? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Yeah, you think of that. Ever. Just forever. Yeah. Well, it turns the whole thing around. Usually you'd think of yourself as pursuing it. Right. In this mm-hmm. case, God's pursuing you to give them to you. Yeah. Which gives us this idea that we might be not turned the right direction sometimes, right? If it's pursuing <laughs> us. You know, when you're walking towards something, you're ready to receive. But instead, you know, we're not always walking in the right direction. And it does it turns it around. It's God pursuing us. Tell me. Well, isn't isn't that pursuit called our conscience? Hmm. And God is there. We see something that's not right. Hmm. Or should I? Mm-hmm. Or why didn't I? Mm-hmm. And then we try to block it off. <laughs> it's there again. Yeah. yeah, you can't turn around. <coughs> the Holy Spirit in there, right? Saying, yeah, this is this should be in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Carol. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the message here, I, I like that also. Um, your beauty and love chase after me mm. every day of my life. Mm. So that chase is even more pronounced to me than pursue mm-hmm. because it's an action word. Yeah. It's like God's quoting us. Yeah. I also like, Carol, thanks for bringing that back. Um, in the message every day of my life, right? Mm-hmm. It goes to kind of what Tony was just saying, too, in all of our interactions. Right? It's always pursuing us. Never gives up, that yeah. Song, never give yep. Up. yep, it is, yep. <laughs> it is never give up, yep. Um, there's, yeah, we'll get to that insight. So, last, and I will return to the house of the Lord for the length of my days. So, I found this quote. And I'm not saying that we pick destination because it matters, because we had this in mind. But this one author wrote, the point of the metaphor is that the destination that one reaches after being led along the paths of righteousness, the destination one reaches at the end of the days of my life, the destination toward which one is shepherded and indeed toward which one is carried by God's pursuing goodness and has said, is none other than God's very self. God is the psalmist's destination. Destination, because it matters, right? There's a, there's a reason that the psalmist is pursuing, right, this destination. It's to be with God. All the length of my days, right? The length of my days. Not just for right now, but there is that um, and to come, right, portion of this psalm as well. It's not just for right now, but the length of my days, not just the length of my days on this earth, but, but forever. Any thoughts on that? Jim? There's something interesting in the word return, because mm-hmm. it implies you've been there before. Yeah. And it's so... You know, I think I think of it as it was the Lord that created me, mm-hmm. 
and so regardless of where where I am or where I go in life, yeah. at the end I'll return back to where I came from. Yeah. In looking at the uh, revised version and the English uh, standard version, mm -hmm. uh, the revised version says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The other one says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm -hmm. That sounds like there's, to me, that sounds different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We think, as Luther taught us, you know, that we uh, both saint and sinner at the same time. But we are living the, the sainthood life now, right? Our life doesn't, our bodily life will end, right? But we are living eternally right now. And so I think if you read, you know, for the length of my days, it could be those days where I have this body form and into that future when I no longer have that bodily form. So I found two images. The first one is this one, um, which kind of kind of gives us a little bit of a picture. What do we what do you see here that it's a little bit dark? It's like still waters. There's some grass. There's some grass. Yep. It looks like the shepherd is protecting, keeping an eye out for. An enemy who might come while they have their heads down to the mouth. Yeah, when well, they're not paying attention, right? Yeah. But he's, lead, he's leading them, the sheep are following. Yeah, that's important, <laughs> right? We should follow, Gene. That, that's probably pretty ugly. Yeah. 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 Valley is called a spike. Yeah. I know. This looks pretty like a skull. Like this, 100%. Yeah, I thought that looked like a skull. Yeah, so that, there's a skull. Oh. And then there's a nail. Mess it up, John. On the ground in front of the sheep is a shadow of a cross, which doesn't seem like it comes from the shepherd's heart. Right. It's just it's kind of a supernatural yeah. bear's shadow of a cross. Wow. wow. Yeah, so it's kind of like hard to see from the angle. Anything else? Yeah, so I thought this one was a little, you know, it's a little bit different uh, than, than some of the others, um, mainly because I think a lot of the pictures that I found were the, like, the nice, loveliest places, right, um, with nice, pretty fonts and everything, uh, but this is really the, the valley, right, this is in the valley, Larry? All the sheep seem to have their attention on him rather than looking around. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine worrying about what our shepherd wants instead of what everybody else is doing. Right? And the waters are very still. No ripple. Yeah. No ripple. All right. And then I saw this one, which I just loved. <laughs> I just loved. Cup overflowing. Yeah. Cup overflowing. Definitely from God. From God, right? The hands. The living water. Living water. Yeah. I really like that one. It, like Mike said, with the, it's definitely from God. So, 
I mean, I don't know if anyone else would be tempted to think this, but if you're thinking of just from a pitcher, you know, like you're, someone just keeps refilling your cup, okay, but really it's right from the, right, right from God's hands. Those are two pictures that I, I found that I just thought were, were kind of interesting, um, a little bit different. So the question is, how do we use this as a prayer, not just as a comforting psalm? Hopefully, hopefully you learned a few things today. Uh, that maybe when you reread this and when you pray this song, uh, you can see kind of that progression of where it starts from, um, you know, this, this creedal statement, this um, talking about God, right, to something that's intensely personal and that relationship the psalmist had with God and that we are invited to have with God as well, right? That's not just, that's not just for King David and the other writers of scripture, but we are invited to have that as well. Um, so I encourage you, and I encourage you to read it in a couple of different translations if you ever want to get a different perspective on what, what it might be saying. Uh, because, you know, sometimes, like I said at the beginning, sometimes we start reading something and we just fill it in. I do that a lot, oftentimes, with um, stories about Jesus, right, or, or when Jesus is talking. Uh, when I read in the Gospels and I start to think, oh, I know what this says, right? And you don't always know what it says, right? Uh, that was kind of the point when we did a Lectio Novena at Men's Breakfast, because sometimes you don't always know what it says, or God wants to talk to you in a different way <laughs> and draw your attention to something else, right? All right, I have a closing prayer. Um, does anyone have any prayer requests that they'd like to say? Dale? Yes, uh one of my nephew's wives was entering the hospice and what's your nephew's Tick. Tick. Okay. This prayer is based on Psalm 23, so I bring it to you so we can pray this and um, consider it wherever you are with God right now. Holy God, you are our shepherd. We shall want for nothing that truly matters. In green pastures you give us rest, and beside deep, still waters you lead us. You promise to be with us always, offering freedom from hatred, anxiety, fear, and pain in your love, Lord. You give us living water to satisfy our thirst for peace. We praise you and wonder if this is for all people. You refresh and restore our souls and guide us in right paths for the sake of your name. When we are cast down, we have been shown ways to bring your new creation to life in our world. Your unique plan for all of life and for each life is written into our very essence. May we believe it is a plan filled with hope, grown out of love. Help our unbelief. Even though we walk in the dark valley, and Lord, as Anna and Tick walk through that dark valley, we ask that you are with them, that you would give them fear from danger. Lord, you are our God and you're at our side, with rod and staff to give us courage. Each life, every nation, has its share of valleys. Some seem to have more than is right. 
You are a constant companion in the darkness. When violence, pain, and loss are heavy, you comfort. When we are aching, lost, and discouraged, you seek us out. When we go astray, your compassionate judgment draws us back. Receive our gratitude and know our darkness. You spread the table before us in the sight of our enemies and richly bathe our heads with oil. Our cups overflow. O Holy One, you are our host as well as our shepherd. You invite us to the banquet, the banquet of life. All parts of the world are invited, our enemies and our friends, the alienated and powerful, those close at hand and those far off. You offer the abundance and lavishness of bread broken and shared and the cup of refreshment that leads to new life. We praise and thank you for your abundant spirit, goodness, and love unfailing. These will follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the home of our God for all eternity. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.